Hello and welcome to Get Flushed, the portable sanitation podcast. My name's Pete and I'll be your host. I'll start today's show by wishing all of our listeners in the United States of America a happy 4th of July. It's a holiday weekend over there and I hope that you're all enjoying yourselves, relaxing wherever you can and not working too hard while you listen to the show. I would like to welcome all the new listeners who've joined us over the past two weeks. The figures for the show have really taken off. It's been absolutely humbling to see so many new people listening in from so many new countries. And it's especially rewarding that the retention figures are really high. Lots of people are subscribing so they get the next episode directly streamed to their device. I said at the end of last week's show, the best way for me to grow the show is by all of my listeners telling one friend, one colleague or one family member every day for the next week to listen to the show. And it looks like you're doing that. So thank you. Truly, thank you. Perhaps the most excitement this week came when the courier banged on our door with the first box of Get Flushed mugs. Needless to say, they look really good and we were so excited to have our first morning coffee in a Get Flushed mug. We've already dispatched four to the US, one each to Tonya, Tina, David and David, to thank them for their help and support over the past few episodes. Now, if you would like to own a Get Flushed mug, you have to appear on the show. Come on as a guest, tell us about your business, about your operation, about your story, and we'll reward you with a Get Flush mug. Otherwise, drop me a note and send me 20 US dollars and I'll put one in the post wherever you are in the world. Over the past two weeks, people have asked me how long the series is going to run. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to say that season one is going to run until the 30th of November 2020. And if you count those dates on the calendar, you'll see that there is time for 25 15-minute weekly episodes and five longer monthly episodes starting in July. So that will be 30 episodes in total for Series 1. I intend to have a break over summer, which in New Zealand runs through December and January, and that's because we're six months in front, the bottom of the world upside down to everybody else. And I anticipate we'll be back on the air in February 21 with a whole new series that will again run all the way through until November. To help us with that, we're looking for a series sponsor to take on the naming rights and become a strategic partner through until November 2020. If you think there'll be a natural synergy between your company and ours, please check out the notice on our homepage or drop us an email, podcast at getflushed.online or make contact through the Facebook page so that we can talk more. When I sat down to map out this series, I wrote the key issues that I thought I needed to talk about on post-it notes and I moved them around on the wall until I got them into some sort of order. And after much shuffling and scratching of heads, I ended up with 12 post-it notes and therefore 12 episodes. Number nine on my post-it notes were the words toilet paper. It's been in the news lately with global panic buying and an apparent shortage during the first few weeks of the COVID pandemic. As I've got going, I wasn't going to run this episode because I began to doubt whether or not there was actually enough material in it to fill a 15-minute show. But this afternoon, I read an article on Facebook that was called 15 Ways to Wipe Your Butt Without Toilet Paper. And reading that and having a giggle, that persuaded me to change my mind. So here we go. It's episode nine and it's all about toilet paper. 
There are records of toilet paper being used in China as long ago as the 6th century AD and of toilet paper being mass-produced in the 14th century. I grew up in the UK during the 1970s and I'm still scarred by the fact that school toilet paper back then was supplied by Eisel. It was glossy, it came on a roll and it had a distinctive smell because it was impregnated with industrial grade disinfectant. These days I think they call it tracing paper. It was hard and scratchy and it was definitely not absorbent. Thankfully, things have moved on since then, and modern toilet tissue is luxurious beyond compare. It comes in four or even five ply quilted rolls, which may be lightly perfumed and printed with a delicate pattern, and they are super, super absorbent. If only I could turn back the clock, who knows, with that toilet paper, I might have actually enjoyed school. In the portable sanitation industry, it's generally accepted that the hire company will supply toilet paper when it delivers the portable toilet to site. And the paper is actually an integral part of a system that extends all the way to the wastewater treatment works. What do I mean by that? Well, you need the paper. You need a holder to keep the paper clean and dry and secure because theft of paper can be an issue in portable toilets. You've got to have the user who's able to use the toilet paper. You've got to have the correct system in the tank, i.e. chemicals and water. And then you've got to think about what happens when that paper is pumped down the line at the wastewater treatment works. Despite its importance, toilet paper is probably given the least amount of thought and attention of anything in the whole industry. When it's there, people take it for granted. Nobody thinks twice about the common loo roll. But when it's missing, well, it's the end of the world and could potentially ruin the reputation of the operator. If you run an internet search on toilet paper suppliers, you'll get over 155 million results. And that tells me that there's far too many options and sizes for me to cover in a 15-minute podcast. So I'm going to keep it really simple. In my world, there are three main sizes of toilet rolls that are used in the portable sanitation industry. The first is a standard roll with a hollow cardboard core, very similar to the one you use at home. The second is a standard roll without a hollow core. And the third is a jumbo roll. I know that they'll be called different things in other parts of the world, but I have only got 15 minutes and I need to keep it really simple so that I can explain some of the challenges that are associated when you choose to use one or more of those different size rolls. A standard toilet roll with a cardboard core contains about 400 sheets of paper and they typically would stretch out to about 40 metres when unrolled. A coreless roll is usually the same size but doesn't have that cardboard tube in the middle and that holds around 600 sheets or 60 metres of paper. A jumbo roll holds up to 300 or maybe 400 metres of paper and that's often presented as a continuous sheet so there aren't the perforations every 10 centimetres that you find in the roll at home. Now you might think that makes the paper difficult to tear and yes if it was a domestic luxury four ply paper then it would but the paper we use in portable toilets is much lighter and it's designed to dissolve really easily in water. That helps it to break down while it's in the tank, provided, of course, it is submerged. And that's where I see many operators letting themselves down. When they only put in a small amount of water in a toilet, there's just not enough liquid for the paper to dissolve. And I've seen operators put in as little as five litres or one and a half US gallons. It's just not enough. 
it's really common in a portable toilet to see poo and paper in a big mound that looks like a volcano. Adding more water will prevent that by helping the paper to dissolve and dispersing the waste. Now if you've ever cleaned a toilet with a thick pile of paper, you'll know it can get stuck in the vacuum hose and blockages in the hose cost a huge amount of time on site. It's less likely to happen when the paper is saturated and it's virtually impossible if the paper's dissolved. Now I think there are several reasons why operators skimp on the amount of water in the tank. One, it's cheaper, especially if you pay for water by volume and your dump fees are based on volume. If you're using less, you pay less. Secondly, it takes less time. And thirdly, it's less work, especially if you're filling your toilets with a bucket. And fourthly, you know, I just don't think some operators understand how a portable toilet works. I ran a poll last week on Facebook asking whether operators use standard or jumbo rolls. Well, 65% of the operators who replied said they use jumbos. I've always thought it makes sense to stick to one size of roll. That way, you only have to carry one size of spare. But one operator, Kim, from Wilkinson Portables in Placerville, California, told me that they use both standard and jumbo size rolls, and they use the same holder, the one that's fitted in the factory where the toilets are made. Now, I was surprised to hear that, and I'm happy to admit I've never fitted a factory holder. And that's because the companies I've worked for chose to fit lockable aftermarket holders issued by their toilet paper suppliers. But if your toilets arrive pre-assembled, they'll come with a toilet holder fitted. And if that holds both standard and jumbo rolls, well, that gives you great flexibility. Now, I've always used jumbo rolls, and I've always fitted a double roll dispenser. That way, you leave one when you deliver the toilet and you add the second when that first roll is down to less than a third or whatever you think will last the next week or until the next service. The very last thing we want is a call from a client to say they've run out of paper. That will add extra cost because you need the time and the mileage to deliver a roll to site and it ruins your reputation. A single jumbo dispenser is just not enough. You'll end up with lots of part-use rolls in the yard. And with a one and a half dispenser, I found that you can only fit a really small part roll on. And again, you end up taking lots of part used rolls back to the yard. The other issue that I often wonder about is whether or not you charge a customer for the toilet rolls they use. I absolutely see the sense in that. Some customers use way more paper than others. But charging for toilet rolls adds an extra layer of administration that I don't know I've seen many companies manage really well. Sure, digital record keeping can really help, but that's a topic for a whole other episode. The first version of this episode ended here, but I've had some feedback from two of my regular listeners, Richard and Ross, that perhaps the episode wasn't quite finished. I listened back and there were a few loose ends, so I've taken their advice on board and I'm going to add a bit more. I spoke earlier about the length of paper contained on different sized rolls. While a longer roll might seem better value, it's really important to compare how much each roll weighs. I'll give you an example. A local supplier here sells two versions of a two-ply jumbo roll. One holds 200 meters and costs $5.48. The other costs $5.04, but it holds 300 meters. Now on first impression, I'd be tempted to buy the longer one because it offers better value. You get more paper for less money. But if you weigh them side by side, you'll see a really important difference between the two. Now they're both the same size because they're designed to fit on the same dispenser. But one contains a third more paper than the other. Or does it? 
If you weighed them side by side, you work out that the paper on the longer roll is thinner, and therefore the paper weighs less per meter. Now I haven't conducted a scientific survey, but I think that using a lighter weight paper makes a lot of people use more paper every time they wipe. And if that's true, a heavier 200 meter roll might actually last longer than a lighter 300 meter roll. Now if your customers want heavier paper, that's a great opportunity to upsell. Offer it as an optional extra and generate more value from each sale. Now I also said earlier that the person using the toilet paper was a really important part of the portable toilet system. And what I mean by that is the way they use the paper has a massive impact on the toilet and on your profits. Now I don't mean whether they wipe front to back or side to side, no, not at all. But some people fold layers of paper and use them to wipe down the seat before they sit down. And they'll also lay yards and yards of paper over the top of any waste so they don't see it and they don't risk any slashback. I understand that. Other people lay down even more paper across the top of their own waste when they finish. And all of that means that more paper is used every time the toilet is used and the ratio of waste to paper to water is drastically changed. Can we alter their behaviour? Well, I'm pretty sure that a thorough cleaning, good toilet maintenance, and I'll say it again, more water in the tank really helps for a start. The other angle to consider is that if you use coreless rolls, those without a cardboard insert, you could reduce the environmental impact of your business. My friend Ross suggests that you can save over seven pounds of cardboard waste every time you order two cases of paper. And that's because coreless rolls arrive in plastic rather than cardboard and there's no cardboard centers. It also saves the driver having to dump their empty spools. Of course, those environmental savings are only achieved if your fitted holders can take a coreless roll. There's little point in swapping out dozens of plastic toilet roll holders that are already in units just to save on cardboard waste. But if you're starting from scratch or building new units, that's a great opportunity to reduce the carbon footprint of your business from the very start. Over the past few days, I've been helping to train a young fella called Zach who's just joined the industry as a poo man. It's been a tough week because the weather here on the South Island has been absolutely diabolical. We've had driving rain and hail and we've been knee deep in mud. But I've been impressed at how well Zach has adapted to his new role. We'll hear more about his first week on the toilets in next week's episode when I'll be talking about what makes people join the industry and what portable sanitation operators can do to train and retain their staff. In the meantime, please remember that subscribing to the show is free and it doesn't cost anything to listen in. But if you get the chance to visit our Patreon page, you'll find some bonus material and learn about the other benefits that we can offer our patrons. Please visit patreon.com forward slash get flushed to find out more. Okay, once again, we've reached the end of this week's episode. Thank you for listening and please remember to tell at least one colleague, one friend, one family member or one stranger to listen in. I've been Pete and you've been listening to Get Flushed, the portable sanitation podcast.